This week's episode of the Cincy Shirts Podcast is brought to you by our partners at Gorilla Glue, who figure into this week's episode. Check out our entire collection of Gorilla Glue apparel at CincyShirts.com, search Gorilla Glue, and find Gorilla Glue products in hardware, home improvement, and other stores nationwide. Gorilla Glue for the toughest jobs on planet Earth. Now, on with the show. This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 76. Today on our show, sculptor Tom Sushia. There was a number of different folks that, of course, approached the church about the recreating a new Jesus. and, uh, and uh, But I was involved almost in a, in a, in down the line because I, there's a local fabricator that approached me. And then they basically talked to me about designing the piece. So I was always been involved on that sculpture in terms of just the design. That was my main role. You're very familiar with Tom's work if you've driven on I-75 between Cincinnati and Dayton, been outside of the Reds' ballpark, or visited the Baseball Hall of Fame, or visited any number of locations around the tri-state and around the world, in fact. Tom talks to us about how he creates his incredible sculptures, how he became the Baseball Hall of Fame's official sculptor, and the story behind Hug Me Jesus. Be sure to listen to the special promo code at the end of the episode. You can take 20% off your OldSchoolShirts.com or CincyShirts.com order with that. So now let's talk to Tom Sushia. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from the I N C I N N A T I Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. So born and raised in Kentucky. Oh, Cincinnati. <laughs> Were you born here? Yeah. Okay. Where'd yeah. you? So where'd you go to high school? I went to Indian Hill. Oh, I guess are we officially starting now? Yeah, okay, we can start. Talk, yeah. We can start talking okay. now. Okay, yep. slide into it. Oh, just slide into it. That's yeah. cool. So yeah, I was born in Cincinnati here, uh, and um, in fact, not far from this area. I grew up in the High Park area, Oakley area, and then I uh, went to, eventually moved to uh, Kenwood. Uh, I went to Indian Hill uh, School District, but Kenwood. I always call it the slums of Indian Hill. Yeah. That's where I grew up in the slums of Indian Hill. <laughs> and I went to the Indian Hill. Yes. Not a bad place I to be. They got them. <laughs> it was all right. And it was about five minutes I lived from where Ken Griffey Jr. went to school, Moeller. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Have you ever sculpted a Ken Griffey Jr.? Yes. Yes. It was the his uh, Hall of Fame plaque in Cooperstown. Oh, that's that right. Was the, uh, that was, in fact, that was my first plaque I did for the National Baseball Hall of Fame. So it was cool. It was Ken Griffey Jr. Wow. That and, is uh, awesome. It was along with Mike Piazza. Did they pick you because you were from Cincinnati? And he's, you know... No, it had nothing to do with any of that, actually. It was... Uh, it all worked out because it goes back to Kenny Chesney. Okay. See, if Kenny Chesney and Tim McGraw did not decide to go on their brothers, I guess, in the... What was it called? Brothers in the Sun or Under the Sun? Remember that one? Remember that concert series? It did. It was back in 2012 or 13, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah, 12, I believe. So they went on this concert together and then toured the uh, United States. If they didn't do that, I would not be doing the plaques for the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Really? <laughs> and the reason that happened was the was, uh, Josh Rooney, he was uh, working for Matthews International, who produces the plaques for the hall. Okay. And he had this uh, side hustle where he just does some helps out uh, 
with like Kenny Chesney on the road, like secure venues and things and places like that. So he was work. Uh, so Josh is working with Paul Brown Stadium to secure and help Kenny, you know, out with the uh, the venue there when he came to Cincinnati. He and Tim McGraw came to perform. So he was working on this. So Josh happened to be in town when Kenny and Tim were performing, and he op- and Josh opened up the newspaper, the Cincinnati Inquirer, and in the Inquirer was a photograph of me and Joe Morgan posing because okay. I was working on his statue at the time. So, so Josh became curious about all this because you know Josh works for Matthews International, which is the uh, producer of the Hall of Fame plaques. They do bronze work of various kinds, a lot of mainly relief sculptures, but they do all kinds of bronze stuff. So he thought this might be a good business opportunity here, so that might be wow. someone who could we could. Work. So he actually You're reached like, out to me. This kid's the real deal. Yeah. So he reached out to me, found me, and then. Um, uh, he said, hey, let's talk about, you know, working together on, you know, the Morgan sculpture potentially. And I said, I already have a foundry working on that already, so we can't do that on this one. But I'm open to do some future stuff together. And then so he actually invited me to the concert, which is really nice. And then I got to go backstage and all that. It was fun. Yeah. And then and then actually me and Josh, we started working together on, uh, like, we're out bringing some work for Matthews International, for some bronze relief projects. And then he actually got me work. And then we basically started working together, you know. And then, and then a few years later, Mindy Ellis, the sculptor of the National Baseball Hall of Fame for 20 years, from 1995 to 2015, retired at the end of 2015. Wow. And then Josh basically had me succeed her. So that's So you're happened. doing all of the Hall of Hall of All of it. All of them. All the yeah, all of the deeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, yeah. Wow. So, so every year, do you have a contract? Year. You know, you're, you're going to do it forever or? Yeah, the way it is, it, it, yeah, it just, it works. Yeah, basically, as everything, as long as everything's cool with me and Matthews and the hall, then everything's cool. Then I, it's kind of like being the Pope or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I, it's exactly. a lifetime. I could be taken out. I could be poisoned. <laughs> I could die or whatever, you know, that kind of thing, you know. But as long as basically I'm you know, have my faculties and I'm not dead, then I have it forever. Yeah. It's wow. awesome. That's great. So yeah. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. Job <laughs> yeah. security, yeah, it's, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know? you so know. Let, let's backtrack a little bit okay. here. So you're in uh, you're in Indian Hill going to high school. So what? I guess, I'm guessing you always liked art. Yeah. Uh, was sculpting always your thing? Were you, were, are you good at drawing? Yeah, I was I was like a variety of things, but I guess I was liked sculpting or I like the three D a lot. That's yeah. something I always gravitated towards. So, and then we were little, like me and my brothers, we we used to have there's like a creek in our backyard, and we used to just go down there, and there was like some clay formations. I guess we like mine some clay down there, and then we'll uh, bring it back up to our backyard and we like model some things you know oh wow yeah it's pretty cool but those things always crumbled like i remember when they dried they completely just just they kind of shatter they yeah just completely like fall apart did you have some kick-ass yeah. play-doh yeah yeah, some of that, yeah or, probably uh... i don't remember but i'm sure we had something and then uh i remember in, like in art class so, like we were given once like a blob of clay and then we were supposed to model something and then we we're gonna get it fired but i remember making one and i was done before everybody else was, and I asked the teacher, like, can I have another blob? So she gave me two blobs. I had, like, two blobs. She sent me two sculptures. Oh, I wow. remember one class. And I thought, yeah, because like, this is fun. I think I remember I made a triceratops as my first one. Then I made a monkey. And then the monkey one turned out pretty cool. And he was, like, had, like, a little fruit. He was, like, eating it. He was yeah. pretty nice. Gosh. Yeah. How old were you? Uh, I don't remember how old I was when I did that. I might have been already... 12 or something like that. Okay. No, that time. This is like middle school, I think. Nice. Yeah, I can't wow. remember. So you, I'm guessing yeah, you went to art like school? Or? Yeah, I actually apprenticeship with a couple artists. Uh, 
was uh, Karen Haven Strait. She's a noted portrait painter in town. In fact, she was at the you were at the oh, Andy Bowles. She was okay. doing a Marty. Yeah, she she was like became my main mentor. Okay. And then so if I'm like Luke Skywalker, she was like my Ben Kenobi. <laughs> and then nice. later on, I met uh, like Yoda. So was Richard Miller was her mentor. And he and he was actually the, and he was just crazy as nuts. He actually lived not far from here, uh, from since he starts off at Erie, and he was like a really brilliant artist, you know. But he was just uh, he was not really good in business stuff, so he was just doing his you know own stuff. But I learned a lot of the sculpting from him and uh, from Karen. Gotcha. And Karen's primarily a portrait painter, but she is a really talented sculptor. Yeah. I mean, really, to the point where I'd say I'd say naturally talented. She's more talented. She's like Ken Griffey Jr., like, in terms of talent in that way. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, um, just like a regular dude. You know? Yeah. I mean, she, she really had a lot of amazing talent. But she went into painting. That's her awesome. Profession, you so know? you didn't go to school? College. So I, yeah, I, I went to uh, I went to University of Cincinnati, where so I did go and I was studying classics there, classical civilization, which I call classics light L I T E, okay. because it's basically like the uh, the main course, like the classic studies, except it's a lot easier because it's less like language. It's more of a general a good liberal arts education. Okay. And but I felt for me it was the best kind of education. So I learned a lot about actual art. Yeah, so you wanted that there. good base to fall back on in case uh but at that point you knew sculpting was in your brain and that's that's kinda yeah, to the be path honest, or art is what you wanted to take. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't really have a real plan. I've always been good with tactical things, but grand strategy has never been my bag. So I never really have a really big strategy. Yeah. I just knew this is what I would like to do and I was just doing a bunch of that work. And then it just a lot of it was all serendipitous, you know. So, you know, you know, I just ended up, you know, just getting into sculpting yeah. you know, as a career. Yeah. And so, a, so then, yeah. So you learn, you learn how to sculpt, you know, mm-hmm. how to physically make something. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like there's so much other stuff that goes into it, like how to scale it, how to, you know, make it preserve for, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I mean? Because you don't want it to crumble and mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. It's right. so like, where do you, where do you pick up on those kind of details that actually, you know, you know, you're actually uh, honing your craft or, you know, like making it legit mm-hmm. art sculptures, not just these 3D cool things that... That may just fall know. apart yeah, after exactly. the sun hits it. And, and yeah, well, yeah, a lot of it I learned from Karen and from Richard Miller. Learned from both of them. And then I also learned things just... Uh, from my on my own, you know, as I worked on my own, and at the same time, I collaborate with various people, you know. So, for example, like we're I just we're talk, talking a little bit earlier about uh, Pete, you know, just before we start the podcast, and uh, you know, I want to make sure that the statue can withstand people climbing on it and uh, abusing it. <laughs> so, There's some engineering yeah. involved. Engineering, yeah. So oh. there, I work with GE Aviation Engineers, <laughs> and then so there. I know they, I work, they did a lot of the designing and all that, you know, and, but at the same time, I learned a lot from them as well about all kinds of engineering uh, issues. Wow. So it's really a lot of fun. So I learned, and I'm always like, feel that you should always be learning all the time, you know, so I'm picking up and I find stuff on in the, in the internet, just to find out what other people are up to or what, what, in the whole, in the world, the whole wide world of engineering and science and art and just anything you that's know? awesome so they were they were mm-hmm. open to helping you out or they weren't like oh come on kid oh, we're no. working on jets yeah 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 and jets, so yeah. birds don't blow up the engines yeah, and all yeah, that stuff yeah, that kind of he stuff. wants to help us with his dumb sculpture yeah see the but, funny thing is yeah they they thought this is fun you know because it is exactly because it's like obviously this challenge is nothing compared to designing a jet engine yeah you know? and so this is like this fun project for them you know and much much more 
uh, humble than designing a giant, you know, jet engine to power, you know, Boeings and Airbuses. And and they just had a blast. But they found out it was a little more complicated. So even though it was a lot simpler, but it was they found out it was a little more challenging than they thought too. So they, they actually had a lot of fun with it. It, it made it, it gave them something like things they had to really ponder and and solve. And they actually enjoyed. It. And I think a lot of the engineers love that. They love challenges. Yeah. So yeah, but you're absolutely right. And then one of the guys uh, was uh, Brent Talkie and uh, um, and uh, and his buddy Bob Dugan. Both of them had like serious man crushes on Pete. And in fact, uh. what was cool is uh, uh, Brent. He went to the same school as Pete. You know, oh. and uh, so it was like a special, really sentimental connection. And then Bob and uh, Brent, both of those guys, they uh, have their like uh, club. I think it's called Let Pete In. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, Let Pete Into the Hall. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I met them at the uh, during the All-Star Fan Fest because I was doing this sculpture during the Fan Fest. And then I started talking to them and we were just shooting the shit about random stuff. And then about we we're talking at that time I was working on Tony Perez's sculpture. And then they said, what's the next one? I said, Pete, you know, and then of course, Brent and Bob's eyes, their eyes, you know, it's all lit up, you know, and I said, Hey, I got and I said, I got this kick-ass idea. What I want to do is I want to do something totally unlike any other statue. I want to cantilever it. I want him like he's, you know, he's the moment he touches down, he's, he's beginning to set for a slide and and the uh, and there's no structure element visible, you know. And so I said I'm, I'm looking for people that can design the interior structure, and then and, and work on materials. And it just happened. Brent and uh, Bob said, "Well, yeah, that's what we do." You see, Brent's a material scientist, and uh, Bob used to work for GE, and he he's all, he's also involved in all his materials. Wow. And they said they have a good buddy of theirs named Tom Wallace, who is the uh, uh, he was the head engineer on the uh, GENX engines the ones that powered the 787s and and he was going to be the guy that do all the math and all the calculus and things like that you know nice. and so we all teamed up we're like yeah this is freaking awesome you know so within like i think like the month after that we all started getting together at ge and we started talking and it started like hatching the uh, the plants so did they get it right on the first time Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah. This is, this is the first time right now. So, so yeah. Well, the design wise, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. They. We, we and we what we did. Uh, we made sure we did a lot of careful, like due diligence on everything. And it's so overkill, you know. We yeah. made sure it's like because I just basically said I want six like giant huge people like you know defensive offensive linemen from the Bengals all sit at the same time. Yeah. So that'd be about two thousand pounds or whatever, right? But but the sculpture design they carry about six thousand pounds. So it's like super overkill. So nice. you can, like I said, you can park a uh, Tesla Model S or a Mercedes S Class. Yeah, you should do that. Car. Sounds like a commercial. Drive yeah, it right up on top Drive of the statue. To, you know, <laughs> you know. Maybe glue it there with some Gorilla Glue with one of our partners. Yeah, yeah, in fact, Gorilla Glue. I also work with them as well. I ripped them in. In fact, Gorilla Glue is inside Pete's statue because it's really? a part of it. Uh, and I wanted to, when I did this project, Pete, I want to make sure it was done as much like Cincinnati and local as possible mm-hmm. and have some cool stuff. And I always love Gorilla Glue because, by the way, their their duct tape is the best duct tape on the freaking planet. Yeah. And, I mean, that, well, that stuff. That should be our sponsor this week. Yeah. yeah. I'm, <laughs> no, no. yeah I'm telling you because. Right. Sorted. <laughs> yeah. I've worked all kinds of materials in the duct tape. A lot of the duct tape, they peel after a while, but not Gorilla Glue. I mean, that 
stays for freaking ever. You know, <laughs> nice. it is like the best. It is the best stuff. Yeah, it's when I make a lot of. Like I grill glue. Yeah. See that sponsorship. Yeah, cash. seriously, it is like, but it's like this is the truth. This is a fact. It's like this is like, and it's cool. I mean, it's and there's that they have the black colored one and they have the silver one too. But it doesn't matter. That's just the thing. The colors doesn't matter. But yeah, it stuff is freaking awesome. And then so anyway, and then. uh so, and I knew because I needed a duct tape I can rely on. Because what happens in the sculpture, we had to do something special. So there's an interior stainless steel skeleton that runs in peat. And it's in a, the inside is it's hollow because the bronze is about a quarter inch thick. Yeah. You know? And you have a picture of this. We'll put it up on our yeah, blog. Absolutely. Uh, that's super cool of the it inside, cool. like an x-ray vision of the, yes, yes. Of the, the sculpture. And but so, anyway. So we wanted, and one of the things is we want to keep the metals from touching, the dissimilar metals from touching, because the sculpture itself is bronze, but the interior structure is stainless steel. But we can't have those two items touching each other because it would create a battery, and uh, and the, the bronze would disintegrate the steel. Really? So, Just yeah. from touching it? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, that's right. Just that you got this, you're creating a battery, you know, and uh, batteries are not good for this kind of case you know otherwise batteries yeah. are freaking awesome but so if i want to make a battery all i gotta do is put bronze next to yeah yeah, yeah, you, can, yeah. You, create, you create a battery you know you create a Jeez. i don't know how effective things would be but over time eventually i mean it would take a long time in the case of bronze if it was like aluminum and bronze aluminum is gone and very rapidly but stainless steel lasts for a long time you know against the bronze however you know with this statue the nature it is because of the cantilever and all this, you know, we want to make sure it's last, you know, like guaranteed to last forever. And we're overkilling. And so, at any rate, we got this stainless steel that's essentially floating inside the uh, the bronze. And then what we did is we injected this uh, aviation foam. There's a special foam that's used in like uh, some fighter jets. And it's not used in anything other than it's, it's some crazy wild stuff. And then so we injected that stuff inside that holds everything together. So the bronze is separate from the steel, but the everything is held together by that foam. Oh, so, wow. And then, but to, but in order to make everything work and make sure that the, uh, you know, that when we do an injection that the bronze or that the metal does end up touching the bronze by accident or things just start rattling in the wrong way, I used gorilla, we used some gorilla glue to temporarily hold stuff together, like some of the steel and kind of keep some of the stuff away from the bronze. You know, we just use it as sort of a way to secure things. I remember, in fact, you know, what we also did was we wrapped, we wrapped some of that Gorilla Glue around some points. Yeah, that's right. That's how we did it. So we had these little struts that which touched the bronze. You know, the, the stainless steel touched the bronze, but to, that we used Gorilla Glue as a barrier. So that way that the metal wasn't physically touching the bronze. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. We just wrapped it. Yeah, we, that's what we did. So we needed something that's 100% reliable. So wow. we just put that. We, I just put, wrapped and that's going to be inside of Pete forever. Yeah, yeah, it's inside for Pete forever. Yeah, wow. it's in there. It's pretty cool. So I've got yeah. a question about sculpture. Okay. Two questions. <laughs> like, I guess we'd, we'd call traditional or, you know, when sculpture started. I can wrap my head around how people do paintings, mm-hmm. how songwriters write songs. Sculpture's always baffled me. I would not know where to begin. And or do people, is it different for different people? Do you just kind of like, say you're carving out of a block of something, do you just kind of get the general shape and then whittle down the details? Or do you start with the head and then work your way down? You're doing a, how, how do you do that? Yeah, I guess. There's, it's always baffled me. Yeah, there's some funny stories. Someone asked Michelangelo, how do you carve an elephant from a block of marble? He said, "You just take away all the parts that don't look like an elephant." (laughs) (laughs) You know, I thought it was pretty good. You know, but a lot of it, yeah, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the arts I think are similar. 
because like you know like whether it's like songwriting not that i've written any songs or any things like that but it's all just about designing and organizing things so okay. sculpture it's basically it's no different from writing a song or creating some piece of music it's ex- pretty much exactly the same thing except it has it's a kind of like writing an opera or, or something like that because it has a story and all that musical or whatever the subject is like the story and you're trying right. to tell a story and then but then all that stuff you're trying to convey in a way that's uh, dynamic and interesting, you know. So if you just, you know, say so you're basically designing things to move and you know flow into each other, and you know, also kind of like just like writing too, just in general. So like you have you have a sentence, and that sentence connects to the, the following sentence, and that all the sentences form create a paragraph, and that paragraph then isn't related to another paragraph. But all of this stuff is just, you know, in a good writing, you know, like someone who knows what they're doing, everything flows. It's cadence. There's a rhythm to everything everything is you know you use the right proper words and all that you know and and that's really what it's just that easy pf yeah it's like a song dang it it's it's that kind of a thing it's it's that sort of a deal yeah and you want to come up with things that are interesting you know not just bane on an ordinary and trite you know because that's boring you know so again like with pete well how do you make it interesting you know you have this cantilevered thing, you know, that's, you know, it's just touching only in the uh, forearms, you know, it's interesting, it's different, you know. Yeah, and you want just standing yeah. there. At the same time, you also like to have things that capture the personality, right, that, that you want that emotional quality. So with this hair flying like crazy and then, you know, just just the way you model things, just it captures, you're trying to capture his personality. You know, he's a big, you look like a tank, so you get those big volumes on him and, you know, his giant arms and, you know, thighs and butt and everything, you know, and then, you know, and then the other things I like to do is some artistic license, kind of like in like in, in music or whatever. Or, you know, I mean, I can make it like exactly like him, like a portrait. Let's I want to make one quick thing. For the National Baseball Hall of Fame, I'm supposed to make him like accurate as possible to these guys. You know, maybe a little bit of uh, aesthetic, you know, modifications, but yeah. pretty much like you got to nail these guys, you know, in terms of the accuracy. But with Pete, one, I want to make him look a little better looking, you know, because he's not the most good looking guy on the planet. In fact, he's just plain ugly, right? Yeah. So I made him look like him, yet a little more heroic and a little better looking. So he's more, he's, go. he's yeah, a yeah. good looking version of Pete. He never looked that good. But what about like, I know like <laughs> I'm a uh, trained illustrator. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty decent at painting mm-hmm. and you know 2d i know when you're painting portraits and stuff there's like little things that really capture the likeness mm-hmm. and like with pete i think you know his red hair is just as important as you know like the shape of his eyes or whatever so when something's like bronze a mm-hmm. monochromatic oh yeah sculpture you know and sometimes you know the skin color or you know the eye shades or something like that that really adds to the likeness how do you how do you deal with that or what what in sculpture, what what are the main oh, yeah. things that help capture likeness? Yeah, it's and, and that's a really great point you made there too. Because yeah, a lot of times in most of these sculptures, it is monochromatic, you know. And then and then of course, but in real life, people have color, you know, <laughs> you know, they're yeah, yeah different. Uh, and then so one of the things is, uh, and it is somewhat of a challenge because of that. Yeah, because people, if if you're like say for example, we all just painted ourselves one color, we will actually look different from the way we ordinarily look, you know. And yeah. so one of the things is, for example, if someone has dark hair, you know, then I would put a little more like grooves in the hair to give it more of a dark look, you know, uh, if they have like dark eyes. Oh, to use like the shadows. Carve, yeah, the shadows the to sun. create. Yeah, create that. And then uh, I did, uh, oh, I remember I did uh, last year, I did uh, uh, Trevor Hoffman's Hall of Fame plaque, and then he had his blue eyes. And so if I, you know, carved deep in there, in the eyes, then it would look, you know, have dark eyes. But since he has sort of the lighter colored eyes, I actually 
I made it really shallow, almost like there's really no depth to it. And then so it gives the impression that he has a light colored eyes or blue eyes. And the cool thing is I was in San Diego because the plaque traveled there after Cooperstown. And then I overheard this fan saying, oh, look, that sculpture captures his blue eyes. <laughs> you know, oh, this yeah. person was saying that. It was like good testament. It's like, oh, good, it worked. My uh, plan worked. So that's good. You know, that's, the, you know, there are things like that. You do have you ever been in front of someone trashing on them? Yeah, so far, no, which is awesome. Cause I was, I went down there and I wanted to get the actual genuine, like, um, you know, you know, yeah, reception response. from people. And everybody loved the, my Trevor Hoffman plaque for Cooperstown. I did, actually, I did one for San Diego Padres as well. And then th- that one I got, like, uh, some people said, oh, that was good. Someone is not as good. But the Hall of Fame one, everybody loved it. It's like, you see unanimous. So that was awesome. That is good to hear that. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't, like, fishing for anything. I was just like, like just hanging out and just listening to what people's reactions were. So that yeah, everybody's totally a genu- critic. Yeah, because you want to know what the genuine thing is, and yeah. you know what the general, you know, because how I ask somebody, they're not, they might be nice unless they know you really well, you know. So but like the, you don't want to be like the artist who did the <laughs> the Lucille Ball. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was like the yeah, worst was, ever. Yeah, I think yeah. they finally replaced that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. they did. They did. And and it, it, it was a much, it much better awesome. quality. Yeah, but much, much better. So, I mean, yeah, she went from looking like uh, with the Fonz yeah. to, uh, yeah. to actually Lucille yeah. Ball. But man, I, mean, I don't know if that artist, maybe he's like super famous now because he's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. she, she could yeah. be horrible too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to, you know. Sure. Be so, follow up question. As far as like, you know, do you approach. All sculptures pretty much the same way. In other words, if they came and said, we'd like this out of uh, a block of granite, we'd like a mm-hmm. Pete statue versus mm-hmm. the bronze one, Is do you approach those differently because there's going to be a lot more technology and other considerations involved in a, in a bronze thing that's going to be outdoors and last forever versus a block of granite might sit in a museum, or is it basically the same approach because it's a sculpture? Yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, with the, the materials are different in terms of what, you know, what the limitations are, right? Where like something like stone has a lot of com- height. A lot of compressive strength, but it's pretty much not much tensile strength or zero. So that that's an issue. Where bronze has a lot of uh, tensile strength, you know, where, where it doesn't have as much compressive strength as like granite. So so I'd approach it with different ways. So a lot of times I've noticed that people approach me about things. They're not thinking particularly materials in particular, and then it's usually later on that we start discussing materials, you know, and okay. things like that. And, and sometimes budget. my concept uh-huh. and budget. Budget's usually the big thing, you know, yeah. because we can make something out of solid gold and all that if we wanted to, but you know, obviously, you know, budget becomes an issue, you know. And in fact budget is a lot of, in fact, I just love limitations. And I always talk about this because limitations are great because that actually helps come up with ideas in the first place. You know, because you know, you know, you only have so much money to w- deal with, you know, where the location is, who the subject is, you know, all this kind of stuff, general size and things like that. I really like that a lot because then it narrows things down. So generally you'll come yeah. up with the the idea first and then yeah. later on will come the materials and how we're gonna do this. Yeah, oftentimes, just... yeah. Okay. So I, I wanna usually try to come up with something really wild and crazy and something yeah, yeah. wacky, you know, and then and then you know, depending on issues of cost and limitations, we can narrow things down or whatever. Or if, or if we know what the budget is, you know, then I can come up with something based on what the budget is and come up with something wild. Yeah. And then I just usually make... I 200 do something. bucks, here you yeah, go. Yeah, 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 that's right. And then because you can you do stuff out of scrap material, you know, you can do all kinds of... It really, you can pretty much do anything you want, you know, make anything cool. It just It's just all about 
come yeah. up with the ideas. And it's then, like the three little pigs. You can make it out of straw. You yeah. can make it out of what mud or uh, brick. <laughs> or brick. You can do whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then a lot of it, then I just work on the computer first, come up with ideas and things like that. And then from there, then I graduate. Kind of answering the earlier question, then I work on a clay model. And I basically work with models, like people modeling and posing. Oh. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, I guess the uh, the owner of the Essex Studios building. Yeah, that, Trent. You know, yeah, Trent. Yeah, see, uh, I had him pose as Pete's hair. See, one we had it out kind of long. Oh, yeah, So I yeah. put a fan in front of his face, and I blew the fan. And they, then was, wow. they do have similar awesome. hair now that you mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I was a model it. on a couple of C.F. Payne's oh, yeah. Reader's Digest covers. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, so that was cool. He, I mean, he would just take photos, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. But, but that, nice. that's, that's something else, too, is because, like, yeah. well, like, for instance, if you, uh, like, okay, we watch watch the news. Say I'm watching Cherie Palello every, every night at 11. And I just see her straight on, you know, mm-hmm. every night. And then, well, I think she was like at my son's basketball camp or something. Our son was at the same camp, and I saw her from like behind, and I'm kind of like, doesn't really even look like her. And then she turns around like mm-hmm. straight on, like, oh wait, now it looks like her. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like with the Pete or anybody. It's like you know, people are used to seeing certain photographs or certain sure. ways. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then as you turn around, sometimes. You know, you could be doing it right on, but to the viewer, it might not even, you know, translate as that. I, I don't know. I just think that would be so, so dang hard. Sure. It's like, absolutely. Like, boom, from straight on, I nailed it. And then you turn yeah. around and it's like, ah. And yeah, the lighting. Totally off. Yeah. And the lighting is a big issue, the materials and all that. Like, if you just oh, put yeah. like a different lighting, if you see any of these sculptures in different lightings, it can look like completely different sculptures. Like, and just like, even like us, like you take photographs of any of us in different lighting and different angles, we can make ourselves look like 10 different people completely. Huh. My daughter said the other day, she said she had read that. where yeah. if you walked up to yourself, you wouldn't recognize yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because in the, even oh, in the, if you see yourself in the mirror, it's you, backwards. But yeah, but yeah. you, yeah, you, if you saw yourself on the street, you wouldn't recognize yourself. Huh. Yeah. Also, at the same time, you, you also have, we all have our visions, what we think we look like too. Yeah. That's I think the it's other probably thing. what it is. Yeah. That's the other thing, you know, and that's, that's a huge uh, factor. We have, you know, we're all delusional and we think we're yeah. much more awesome looking and better looking. Oh, you know, so I think that, that, that's a, that's something, you know, to that. There's definitely some. Yeah, you know, everyone offense. brings their own baggage to the table. Yeah, that's judging right. Judging your art. That's right. And then, you know, and I've noticed where I, I work on some, like, what would look like something in clay will look exactly like something, but then when it's transited in bronze, it looks different. It's like, well, that didn't look like what I did, even though it really is. Yeah. You know, so it's just, yeah, there's, and that's one of the challenges. You're going from one media to another medium because I'm modeling a lot on the clay and then, you know, Getting it, you know, casting on the material, it can it can actually alter quite a bit. You yeah, know? yeah. Because how much time? How much time do you have invested into one of these? Yeah, some some of them, like say my Cooperstown guys, they can be up to like fifty or more hours easily. Yeah, some. Oh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, fifty, sixty. Of just sculpting. Of oh, just just the sculpting. Yeah. Yeah. And then other ones I can do in like 10 hours or it just depends on the subject and what, you know, all sorts of factors, but size, scale, all this. In fact, it's easier to work on something bigger than small. Like the Cubistone ones are like, like the uh, iPad mini size, you know, and it's just, so it's pretty small area and it's, you know, and it's, you know, it gets a lot, there's a lot of little things. (laughs) Do you do anything just on the computer or is it all starts all, all by hand? Well, yeah. Well, the, a lot of it, some of the stuff I are totally done on the computer that I have some projects that is entirely designed and finished, you know, and then, and then went go from after it's being designed, we go straight to fabrication and then others. But most of it, I, 
a lot of stuff I like to kind of play around in the 3D programs yeah. for sketching because you can turn it around in 3D space. Where if you're doing like a like uh, like a sketch, like on a drawing, and it's 2D, so the 3D stuff is really helpful. So for a lot of the sketches like Pete and Tony, it's all done. I initially started on the computer, like at this pose program called Poser, which I love. You know, it's just a, and so basically they have a figure, a whole series of figures in there. You can design a whole layout, like of like, I can do like part of the entire ballpark, just build that, and then I can model, or at least, you know, figure and, and pose like the general design and of the uh, sculpture. And once I find something I like, then, then I go into clay. That's usually what happens. Okay. And then, but you can model everything nowadays. I mean, with things like ZBrush and like you know, these other programs, you can just do start to finish do all of the stuff on the computer. Yeah, three D printed. Yeah, and then you can three D print and go to CNC and you know all that if you want. I just like I kind of like the working with the clay like physically because it just I, I just like to be able to like stand and work and look at walk back and look at different lighting. I just like the, to me it's just some, what I just like to do. You know, it may not be the most efficient. Yeah. You know, if that was to be truly efficient, I'd do entirely everything on the computer, like with ZBrush, everything. Man. And, but you know, I just like I just like working physically. You know, <laughs> yeah. well, if you're working in 3D, working yeah. in 3D would probably be the best. Yeah, option, yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, ultimately, yeah. Gosh. And I just don't know if like staring at a computer all the time would be a good, is super healthy. I don't know. So that's why I kind of think that it's important for me to get away from that and you know, yeah. and not yeah, work with the. Uh, computers i don't know so 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 i don't know if uh, mm-hmm. many people know but mm-hmm. uh you you did not do the original touchdown jesus no but you did the one hug after me jesus. the hug me jesus yeah the son of touchdown jesus the hug son me of jesus. touchdown jesus hug me jesus fourth and one jesus yes that's right that's funny Yes. <laughs> At the Solid Rock yeah. Church up there in Monroe. That's correct. So if you did Touchdown Jesus, mm-hmm. the original, would that still be standing today? Well, I don't know. You know, I can't say for sure. You know, because well, it depends on what. Oh, you're saying like, because he got struck by lightning. Yeah, he got on yeah, fire. So that's right. From the heavens. Yeah. Well, God, so the yeah, Father. So maybe locusts <sighs> would have eaten up. Locusts or, or something. Earthquake or. Earthquake. You know, flooding. You know, I don't know. You know. But from your materials and your contacts yeah. and your your craftsmanship, uh, would would a lightning strike destroy it's, any of your sculptures? Yeah, the current one, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the current one. I mean, I guess I shouldn't really say this because you never know mm-hmm. if you know God. You know, because I can be saying I'm yeah. boastful that He would want to. Yeah, that's true. And so I'm going to destroy this hammer, this thing. Yeah. You know? So God can do whatever He wants. He we can all do it, know but that. Let's throw that. Yeah, but we know that. Like a yeah. normal. But if you he, know. yeah, but yeah, an actual, and it, he's actually is designed so he's not flammable like the previous one. And at the same time, there's a lightning rod that you know sticks out of his head. Okay. Initially, I, I talked to the church about doing like a little halo design, so the halo doubles as a oh, as a uh, which have been cool, but they didn't want a halo design. Yeah. So I'm like that's cool. So he looks more like Dennis Menes with the little hair sticking out. <laughs> which is I think is still pretty awesome anyway. Okay, so the the original one catches on fire and they mm-hmm. need a new one. Do mm-hmm. they bid this out to a lot of people? Do they come to you and say we should get the guy that does all the sculptures outside the ballpark to do this or how did how yeah. did you call him up the next day? Hey, you need yeah, 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 you know, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they need you to say show up with the kid. It's like, yeah, like, 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 like yeah, you got, your, yeah. Uh, you got that variety of Jesus. Yeah. Actually, what happened was, uh, uh, yeah, what happened was actually, uh, there's a f- local fabricator that approached me. I didn't, 
talk to Solid Rock Church initially. I think, you know, it was it was there was a number of different folks that of course approached the church about then you know creating a, the recreating a new Jesus and uh, and uh, but I was involved almost in a, in a down the line because I, there's a local fabricator that approached me about you know oh, so helping they went them, them first? out. Yeah, they came. Yeah, they yeah these other folks went to them first. Oh, okay, okay. And then they hired they they basically talked to me about designing the piece. So I was always been involved on that sculpture in terms of the, just the design. That was my main role. You so know, are there then, alternate designs out there that they were like, nah? You yeah, know, like yeah. Initially, yeah. What's interesting was actually they really were. They, yeah, they were pretty open to things, but they knew they wanted maybe a full size body, not just like the you know the torso, the original torso. Okay. Yeah, and then but they, I think they liked the pose, the forsaken pose. You know, what the original one was meant. You know, exactly. Look, he's you know in that kind of pose. Yeah. I didn't actually like that as much. I wanted one that was more like Jesus was more like welcoming. That's what I wanted to do. Something that he's there kind of like uh, embracing people and all people. And then because I figured the location right off of 75, all kinds of people are traveling around. And then Jesus is like, he's just like, you know, he's welcoming everybody yeah. into his arms. And I thought that would be much cooler. And I was able to luckily convince the, the church to go that route. Okay. Yeah, and that's and then so did they have something else in mind, or were they were just, no? They still wanted they a forsaken still, pose. So he's oh, they want, so they just like wanted that. a repeat of the yeah, exactly. But the, with the entire body, you know, oh, it's okay. still just you know that's what they wanted. But I didn't feel gold, Jesus. Yeah, feel gold, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> touch that. Well, yeah. I guess it was touch down. Yeah, but I, mean, I prefer this is more. <laughs> you know, I just felt this is the way I thought it could be portrayed, and something very simple, and it's just like, and not and the first one I thought he had lost a lot of wild. Pat, or like there's a lot of agitation and things, you know, on the surface. And I thought Christ, I think, is to be more calm. You know, he's yeah, be, yeah. He's dynamic but calm. Everything's just chill. You know. And, yeah. You know, and you know, that's what I felt was the way. So, what's yeah. he made out of? He's made out of there's a steel structure, uh, and it's clad with essentially polymer materials of various kinds. You know, and then foam materials, and then this coating called polyurea, and then it's just which is a pretty good uh, material that's fairly non-flammable it's plastic it's it is it's it's a type of plastic wow. yeah it's amazing and it's all been pieced together in suctions at the site so was wow. like, yeah so are you on are you on site when they're putting it together yeah yeah like, yeah so i gotta see yeah. come on now that yeah. doesn't supposed to look like that yeah they're dangling his head i have a good photo of that i have to share that later you know it's a, oh yeah his head just his jesus head just floating you know in the sky <laughs> It's pretty cool. It's because a blue, clear, blue sky day, and then yeah, yeah. it's heads like this white color. So it's kind of a neat contrast, you know. That's awesome. It's pretty cool, <laughs> you know. Heck yeah, and, uh, yeah. So that was uh, and, and the, the people there was actually there was all kinds of things happening. The initial fabricators, they I guess it was a little bit more challenging for what they were going to do. So they kind of got out of it, and then a new fabric came, uh, fabricator went, uh, came on board. And that's what happened. It's a company called Display Dynamics north of Dayton. And so they ended up doing a lot of the engineering, a lot of the fabrication you know, from my design. That's what eventually happened. And then they work with the church, you know, directly there. That's cool. Is that and what you yeah. like to just come up with a design and then kind of let someone else do, yeah. the, do the rest of it? You kind of sit back and it just depends. the pressure's off? It depends, yeah. Like on this one here, yeah, like Solid Rock Church and I agreed, yeah, having Display Dynamics do a lot of the actual fabrication and engineering and all that planning was the best idea because I don't have that background and, you know, we, we felt that was the correct thing to do. So that's what happened there. And then I just remember going up and seeing the piece as it, it was being fabricated to check up on things, you know, make sure his head gets on 
the correct way. It's not looking backwards and weird stuff. Yeah. Not that though they would do anything like that. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of, a lot of projects, if it's a certainly smaller pieces, you know, I would do everything from start to finish, you know, it's stuff like a lot of personal projects. But, you know, any kind of large scale public projects, it's always, it's like, you know, you're involved and I'm involved with a bunch of other people, people who know what they're doing in terms of the full scale casting and engineering. Man. Mm-hmm. So how far ahead are you booked? Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it depends on some projects. So some of it through next year, I got some things going through next year. And then others, there's always irons in the fire projects and things like that. Yeah. So, we don't yeah, know what we're doing we're, tomorrow. <laughs> you know, no, like, yeah. We're just you know, so, no, like, okay. scatterbrained. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. We try to focus, but it's just, hey, some Area 51 thing's going on now. Oh, yeah, so that's right. Yeah, by like, invasion. That and, wasn't yeah. on any list last week. Yeah, and, uh, a, yeah. And so you're years ahead. Well, see, yeah, in your case, it's a different kind of a, a kind of a field, you know. So, yeah. yeah, and a lot of times you can deal with these very timely issues and topics, and you know, and, you yeah, know, well, it doesn't take nine issue. months to yeah, that's complete right. something exactly. That's how, right. How long was Pete start to finish? That was actually a couple of years because of his you know, his engineering issues. Um, yeah, so typically it might be like nine or ten months for like a conventional bronze. You know, it's not terrible, but anything uh, these uh, something wacky and crazy, you know, it, it takes longer. And uh, I've got some other plans for some other wacky stuff. So I'm pl- I got something I'm planning right now for that I'm pr- going to propose to the Reds about that is involves some wacky shit. That's even more wacky than Pete. Something that's going to make Pete's statue look like like a Model T, like an antique. It's going to be crazy. Nice. I got some. I got some. I'm hatching some plans for something cool. Yeah. So we're also around that's town. Can people see your work? Like uh, outside right. of the ballpark, of course, and and on I seventy five. Where else can people see your work? That's... Yeah, it'd be at the uh, Cincinnati Zoo. I uh, got like a cheetah and a cougar there. Oh, okay. And then Xavier University, D'Artagnan the Musketeer. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. awesome! Yeah. I um, just saw pictures of that. Okay, on that's your, what we're on your website. Right yep. And then okay, Saint, we'll put that on the blog. Oh yeah, Saint Francis uh, Xavier, the namesake of the university at Xavier. Okay. Uh, his nickname, Big Frank. Uh, and that one's a really neat piece. Okay. I love that one a lot because, you know, and I depicted him when he visited Japan. That was pretty cool. And, and, and to make, he's wearing the traditional cassock, the Jesuit cassock. And, uh, and, but then I put, I gave him like these Japanese sandals because I figured he's been walking around Japan and oh, his cool. shoes have like been like completely worn out. So he's like wearing those sandals or something. And then he's That's walking cool. on some stone area that looks like it might be some, stairs from some Japanese temple site or something, you know, mm-hmm. or some city. I see some NFL stuff there. Too. Yeah. What's so that one NFL, I did a trophy uh, to honor the best defensive lineman uh, in the NFL. It was a work I did that's back in 2009, 10 and was unveiled. It's actually defunct right now, but it was run, it was, it was around for a few years, you know. That's very oh, okay. cool. That's a yeah, conceptual so. piece there. Yeah, huh? it's, it's pretty wild. I guess wild. this is the front of it. Yeah, the front end. So I made it look like a block. Oh, neat. Yeah. So it looks like yeah, a yeah. giant, it, it kind of like a pun on what they do, the block, right. the, you know. Yeah, it's the wall. So, yeah, it's this big wall. It kind of with, and then the figures on top are like crenellations on the wall and all that. So I make it look like a big, just barrier. And then at the same time, yeah, they, but anyway, uh, uh, we can go back to that one too. But I just got other work uh, pretty much across the country, actually, from, yeah, just from yeah, the East Coast all the way to the West Coast, like in Los Angeles and then down to Texas. I got stuff in other ballparks, yeah, like uh, Seattle, Mariners, and then uh, San Diego Padres. So those are like some relief plaques for them. Yeah. And then uh, Round Rock Express, uh, the minor league team for the Astros. I got some stuff there. And then there's George Mason, George Washington University, some uh, some little trophy designs, <laughs> and then, then uh, wow. 
the uh, the big stainless steel sculpture I have in Los Angeles. It's actually my favorite piece, and it's that one. Is uh, it's uh, right there, and it's a piece that uh, is uh, it's it's actually I, I consider my best work because it's something that's unique, and it also helps out the community. It's um, this was for Biola University, which is a Christian university uh-huh. out there. It's a small you know university in uh, um, in the east part of Los Angeles, and they uh, I was. Uh, commissioned to create like their first sculpture on campus it was a competition and nice. uncle i won and wow. i proposed this idea that is it's a sculpture essentially made of 12 elements representing the 12 baskets that jesus and his disciples used to feed the five thousand. and it's all formed in a shape that looks like a fish and then it looks kind of like oh, a basket cool. too yeah like a basket like yeah. exactly like kind of like it's woven yeah and then at the same time it doubles as a receptacle for uh, uh, feeding, helping to feed the needy in the uh, Los Angeles area. So there are panels that oh. can be removed, and then during the Christmas time, students at the university can like uh, contribute like non-perishable food items. It's, it be- oh, the wow. sculpture becomes like a shelf. Oh, it has and a people, purpose. Yeah, it has a wow. purpose. Yeah, and so and then and it's not a person. Was that hard for you to not? Yeah, do? yeah. it is. It's different. <laughs> yeah. and you're right. And that's a really cool thing because I'm so used to doing people. And then it's like, whoa, this is not going to be a person. It's going to be essentially an abstract sculpture, you know, and made of these 12 cylinder shapes and things like that. And I did that one in town on the computer. It was fun. And that was an EP. And then there's a, there's a memorial. Oh, here's, oh, oh, but here's, go back to that Biola one. one there. Yeah, they can see it in action right oh, there. Oh, that's the bet. Yeah. Oh, oh cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it actually acts, looks like a real pantry. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a, you can say a memorial tribute to Christ, but at the same time it functions and, you know, but I figure I, I call it spirit of Christ because it actually captures what he is all about. Yeah. So I thought that worked out pretty good. And then I put the names of disciples in each of the, uh, the, uh, cylinders, including Judas, because Judas was still part of the team at that time. Oh uh, yeah. Got yeah. 12. You know? yeah, yeah. That's right. Or was he 13? I don't know. To They're 12. They're 12. 12. The 12 Please. dudes. Then Peter being the rock, he's at the bottom, he's the pedestal. So I just do a little stupid, fun little things like that. Nice. And then I did a lot of, to get, to get my start and doing a lot of the sculpting, I did a lot of portraits of people, you know. So we're talking about humans because that's really what I got my start in doing. So a lot of, yeah. you know, when I grew up in my neighborhood, uh, one of my neighbors wanted me to do a portrait of their kids, like little busts. So I did those sort of first things. And I kind of lucked out because they were Catholic and that and and that meant they had these giant families. They had these huge families, lots of cousins, lots of other stuff. So I ended up so doing the a whole bunch. Call you up and they're yeah, like, yeah, 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 Catholic, but yeah, yeah. So they ended up being all these these families. They're like the Hopkins clan and all these people. And then I did this huge, like, and this, so I got lots and lots of uh, practice and a lot of work starting off doing these portraits. Of so these people display busts of themselves in their own home. Well, in this case, this was their kids, you know, so uh, it's not as weird. I guess some people, and I don't think it's necessarily weird to have your own bus, but it depends on who you are and what, how you display it. Do you go and open up a phone in there? Like <laughs> yeah, no. the, the bat phone? Yeah. 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 They kind yeah. of push back and all that. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you put a, you know, a bus in your know, front lawn or something, it might be interesting. That might be kind of different. Yeah, you know. So do you monkey and other kind of small. artistic disciplines just 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 to goof off? Yeah, I like I just do some painting for fun for you know my own home. I do a lot of that, and then I I also make I keep with a lot of recycled material. Like so, I do a lot of stuff with recycled materials because when I'm done with statues with like peed or any of these pieces, I always have the scrap material left over, and instead of throwing the stuff out, I have to keep a lot of that, and then then I would make new sculptures from it. So I made one that's called uh, Atlas Recycled, 
and hmm. he has made all his scrap material. He's kind oh. of the website. Oh, he's on your site too. Yes, you can find him here. Uh, he's at the, yeah, there it is right down there. there. Yeah, so he's made from all this like scrap oh. junk, and then wow, and then uh, uh, the I coded him with these uh, maps and atlases, you know, and then uh, like AAA maps for the body, and then Nat Geo maps for the globe section. You know? That's and then, awesome. And he also is de- he's designed so he doubles as receptacle. See, so he can he can. Uh, uh, recycle your recyclables in the oh, uh, sculpture. Nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so you put this out to the curb, and uh, yeah, yeah, the trash yeah. man will uh, yeah. uh, not harm it, but take all the recyclables from the inside. Yeah, yeah, I usually do that part where there's a hatch <laughs> in the back, so you can you know dump it, you know. But I've he's traveled. It's everywhere. almost like a composter. Like, yeah, he's like, a composter. Yeah, like I could do that. Yeah, spin around. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, and then he traveled all over the place. So he he was creating this in, in Cincinnati. He was hanging out there. Then he went to DC. And then it was in New York, to Grand Central, as a matter of fact. He was yeah. there for a while. And then, so he's traveled different places, and he's collected hundreds of pounds of recycling. And then I made a recent, I made a, which is, uh, I made a that new one. Awesome. I made one, a phoenix. So this is cool. So the phoenix, of course, is the bird that, you you know, the mythical bird that one associates with recycling, you know, as you know, because it, you know, dies and is reborn again and again and again. Oh, uh, yeah. And so I made one. Uh, Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Funny, because I don't know about Harry Potter. I never read any of the books. I've seen the movies. So nice. people talk about Harry Potter. I don't know anything about Harry Potter. Yeah. I just know it's some some popular, some story or whatever. That's you awesome. Know? But, yeah, apparently Phoenix is some character in Harry Potter, appears in the, prominently or something like that. Yeah. So just cool, I guess. You know, but, of course, I was thinking, you know, of course, it's, it's really from Greek mythology, you know, and, and Roman times. And uh, so this that was bird me. has its beak open and yeah, it, so you just throw your recycling in there. Yes. And then and then he's made his feathers are made of uh, uh, beer cans, you know, and then they're donated by Miller Coors. Oh, wow. Yeah. They so how like, they become gold? Uh, I, I, I put a coat of shellac on it that okay. gives it a golden color. And the rest of the body is made from all this, like, scrap foam and uh, that's been uh, shaped and cnc That's awesome. Where's that yeah. right now? And he's he's uh, right now in a warehouse. He was actually in New York a while ago, and he's en route back home. <laughs> and then, oh, he's on tour? Yeah, yeah he's on right. tour. So he travels around collecting. And then I'm going to put him in other parts of Cincinnati. He'll, he'll be around, he'll, he'll get around as well. Like that's Atlas. great. He's going to travel around. Yeah, I remember Shark Girl yeah. was at uh, the Sawyer Point. A couple of years ago, it's just some random. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like a little girl with a shark head. Okay. And then, but but that's like a sculpture. I was like, oh, it's like, hey, follow me on Facebook and see where I go. So I I followed Shark Girl for the last like five years oh, on, okay. on Facebook. Okay. But anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. So yeah. You, so your stuff does that. Like, do people yeah, request, I'm just gonna. Hey, we need to get this phoenix, or do you just call I people should... up and say? Yeah, a lot of it's just on my own accord because I just it's just been recently built. I'm fine. I'm not even completely finished with it yet. I'm still it's still in progress. I'm trying to I got to wrap up a couple things, and then I'm doing some tests and things. That's why he was out there in New York City. He was uh, just trying to get some feedback and see what's going on. And yeah, then, and then I'm going to modify some things, and then you know. But eventually, yeah, I think it'd be like the shark. You know, girl is going to travel around. I can create a page and things like that. I should do that. Create a little Twitter and Instagram and, and Tinder. Maybe Phoenix can have his own Tinder page. <laughs> Tinder I don't know. Page. Yeah. Swipe right if you like this or, yeah. or you know, whatever. Yeah, you know. Whatever way you swipe. That's so cool, though, because why, <laughs> why do trash cans have to be boring trash That's right. cans? That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. What a cool concept. Like, I would much rather feed throw something away mm-hmm. if I was stuffing it in this sweet golden bird's mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. You know? That's yeah, awesome. I think that, hey, if you can convince the world that they need to update the trash cans into yeah, real recent, sculptures. Yeah. That would be cool. Even that's just like a cool sculpture that sits in your kitchen. Uh, <laughs> you can yeah. mass produce it. Yeah. 
Can you mass produce any of your stuff? It's it'd be hard to do. Like the the recycled ones, they'd be difficult to mass produce. You know, because there's just a lot of effort into it. But I said yeah. I got to figure some things Nothing out. Nothing worth doing's yeah. easy. No, that's Come the on. problem. Yeah, that, yeah. but it's always friends. Yeah, yeah, we can figure it out. But Miller Coors was very helpful. It. They did like an ad. They featured him in an ad, and then as a trade, then they gave me all these like defective cans of cans that are gonna got messed up, or whatever. And so I got like a whole ton of these beer cans in my studio right now. A lot of people that don't know me think I have a problem. No, I don't really have a problem. This yeah. guy's yeah. demons. Yeah, demons. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you walk it in, it's hilarious. I got these bags. And so I can make uh, some more Phoenix. I can make Phoenix one, two, three different types and maybe even like a larger one, you know, like a jumbo Phoenix. So do you melt them down? Do you just cut them with 10 steps just, and glue them? Yeah, and I cut them. Yeah, if I had, I had, had my apprentice uh, slash co-sculptor, Gina, work on it. Actually, I, I had her do it because I didn't feel like cutting all those and doing yeah. all that. So uh, I had yeah. her do all of it. So I felt, that. I felt kind of yeah. bad because she ended up like cutting some of her fingers, but I guess she's tough. She's still, she didn't die, which is good. <laughs> she's still around and that was cool. And, and she didn't complain. She just did what I told her to do, which is good. You know, she didn't, you know, she might have been grumbling and yeah, she probably awesome. hates me, but I don't really care. <laughs> so you're not so. a one person machine. No, I have a lot of uh, help. Uh, like I definitely get a lot of great assistants and volunteers and all kinds of people. And uh, yeah, I, and like including, of course, engineers. And one of my main assistants is named Ray. And he's actually a neat, interesting person because he is like 82 years old right now. But he's not like any 82-year-old. He's like someone many, many decades younger. He's like a, he's like a machine. He's been for a long time by my right hand, you know, for a long, long time. And he's been doing uh, – he started helping me out on these original uh, sculptures of the ballpark, Great American Ballpark, like on the uh, on Ernie Lombardi statues. is back in you know, the early 2000s. And he's been work, helping me out always since to this present day. Nice. And, and he's been always kind of like my, my R&D person too because he was a physics professor at Xavier. Alumni, and he's a very smart guy. So I can, uh, I oftentimes when I need some problems, like some R and D things solved, I just throw him some stuff and some complicated math problems that he he does all that. And then oh, man, he's good so at fun. It, different materials, and you know, he's, 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 he has a lot of knowledge of things. So he's just. So you guys just first started person. hanging out, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it turned into all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, Cooperstown, and yeah, I mean, it just uh, and yeah, it's just it's it's great. And then. Uh, this has been, yeah, it's just been awesome, you know. And then he helps out with Pete, you know, statue, doing all the cleats, the detailed stuff and things like that, like modeling that. Um, yeah, it's great, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I had a question, too, and I can't remember. Oh, do you ever, oh, what, your inspiration, are you ever just mm-hmm. walking around and see something that's uh, from another artistic discipline and say, that'd be cool to do something like that, but only like in a 3D version or just maybe some, some kind of engineering thing and think you could artistically do that a better way. Sure. Like a, yeah, a, a crosswalk or whatever. Just you know. Absolutely. In fact, well, one of the things is uh, I'm kind of into a lot of like science stuff here and there, like in terms of climate change, climate science stuff. So sometimes I see these designs, like for example, like some visual aids talking about uh, like say, you know, trajectories of, you know, like where, you know, where, you know, say temperatures are, say, 1850 and how things can rise to, you know, as they're currently rising and, you know, where it might go in 2100 and beyond or whatever. And and I see other, like, well, I saw one where they're talking about, well, because I guess climate is, is, is supposed to be what, I guess they call it a, uh, a coupled nonlinear chaos, chaotic system, you know, I guess what it's called, you know. So anything can happen if there's a certain tipping point, then 
the, uh, the uh, climate can just shift into something completely different. And there was a really good design. Some scientists put together some kind of look like a like a like a landscape with like a valley, and, and the earth was like a ball, and then the ball, and the, you know, is it saying that if there's a certain tipping point, it can just roll into another like completely different climate state. And so that inspired me to create some Whoa. kind of a sculpture, which is going to be really cool. It's going to be a chaotic sculpture that captures exactly that. So I'm working on that right now that captures that in it. But it's a it's different design than a than a valley or anything like that. It's completely different. It deals with some tubes and things. Awesome. But, uh, but it's going to be a kinetic piece. It's going to be this thing. So, so what's your budget for that then? That's yeah. a passion project. Yeah. So it's just however much money I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, Take I don't have... Take town money and just... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Stuff. Unfortunately, I have like millions of dollars to spend. So I can <laughs> I have to be really... I got to MacGyver this thing. Yeah. So I'm getting inspiration from MacGyver. So getting inspiration. Yeah. So to get inspiration oh, okay. TV shows. So I want to be like MacGyver in this case because I don't have the budget to do, you know, to deal with, you know, something really, you know, crazy. But if you're clever, just like MacGyver, you can create some crazy stuff. Yeah. You see? See, he's, he's always been kind of my inspiration for things, too. <laughs> or get general. your butt down to P&G and yeah. tell somebody there your idea. And they're like, hey. Yeah, yeah. Uh. That's right. Yeah. So they may be uh, for some of this stuff. So, yes, yeah, so I get ideas from that. And then I'm always, it's interesting to see just like walking around in the real world and see nature. It's like humans and trees and all this kind of stuff. And you see like, oh, that's a cool pose or that's a neat thing. Because you see the best pose or, the, or, the, or when people are not posing or they know they're consciously posing. It's just people just hanging out and relaxing, yeah. just chill. And so, and you see these things. So then I like, oh, that's a neat design or that's a neat, cool. Or like in, like in baseball, like watching like the baseball players, you know, the way they would throw or they run or whatever. And they're like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know, and, you know, this neat kind of things. And I kind of like take notes of it because I said, oh, that could potentially be a sculpture in the future, you know, things yeah. like that. You were saying that uh, mm -hmm. you know, with the Cooperstown thing, and you hear mm -hmm. a lot of irons in the fire now, and things going mm -hmm. on there. Do people come to you because of that and say, "Hey, we need to get the guy that does the Cooperstown thing"? Mm -hmm. So that you can yeah, that. it's it's actually happens. Yeah, here. In fact, I'm just doing a project just exactly like something like that, which is exactly that's a great point you made there because uh, yeah, I'm doing a sculpture. Uh, it's a memorial for uh, a baseball fan that passed away not long ago, and the son had this idea of doing of capturing his father as kind of like a neo kind of like a parody hall of fame plaque okay. you know and so that's what i'm working on right now which is really fun and uh it features he was like a detroit tigers fan a big fan of like alan trammell and all that so I, I i do his portrait but i can't make i'm restricted to making anything that looks too close to the hall of fame that's a copyright in the hall i asked them can i do something that's really close to the hall of fame and they said no you can't do that you know they don't want me doing that so hmm. i i came up with one it's in a different design but but it would you can kind of hearken or uh, relates to the National Baseball Hall of Fame kind of like as a portrait, and then and then I just put some like baseball bats in it. And I, I, I did like a home plate design, and then this guy had like a I guess like sumac plant or something. So there's a sumac plant, you know, behind in his head oh. and all that. And then there's the name, and then like where he lived kind of represents you know kind of like where the teams that usually where they have like on the hall of fame plaque they have the name of the guy you know the inductee plus under that underneath that the teams that he played on and then underneath that they have the paragraph about his accomplishments and so that's kind of what i did on this plaque so you know and then instead of the teams this guy played because he wasn't a pro baseball player i just put like we put like where the different places he lived around the country you know oh, and nice. then we have like a big block of text about you know his you know his accomplishments kind of person fan. it's really cool yeah and then we're gonna it's gonna be cast in bronze and they're gonna mount it to like a like a rock you know and, and, oh. and uh, it's, a, it's 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 you know it's just stuff like that too yeah in fact 
also San Diego Padres, I do their plaques because, you know, they had the tradition of whoever does their plaques also does the Cooperstown plaques. So it's kind of fun. It's neat. Man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like you got a lot to keep you busy. Which is I good. Mean, the yeah, MLB crazy. stuff should just snowball, I would think. Yeah. I mean. it's It's been kind of nuts, actually. Like yeah, the I've Cardinals not... call you and you're like, not interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. If it was the cards and the Cubs, yeah, I'm like, oh, I, I, no. yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, something's good. I got some stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, isn't no. that sweet like Harry no. Carey statue? And yeah. I know that Michael Jordan statue is pretty awesome. Up oh, yeah, in there, there's, Chicago. There's, a, there's mm-hmm. a couple outside the Indians ballpark now. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they got like a, a Feller one. Yes, yeah, and then I think yeah, Jim Tomey. They got a Jim. That's Tomey right. Statue they unveiled that one. Yeah. yeah, recently as well. Yep. And Jim Tomey. Yep. Yeah. Is he that good? Did he yes. Paint a statue? Oh yeah. Well, he's in the hall. He's, yeah. he's, in the, he's in Cooperstown. I did All his plaque right. last year. Yeah. I got to do yeah. some research. I mean, I remember oh, yeah. him being a good player, but yeah. I don't no, think he's he, like He went greats. as an Indian, right? Yes. Not as a yeah. like Rocky Calavito yeah. or anything. Oh, no. Hammering <laughs> Jim Tomey? God. That Tomey is the real deal. Yeah. He's the real deal. Don't, yeah. You can't knock the Tomey. Sorry, yeah. Tomey fans. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, yeah, he's a he's, He was on those great uh, 95, 90s, those World Yeah, when they went to those teams. Yeah. Yep. Even they yeah. didn't win, or, unfortunately. I mean, some of the other guys there, I think it, you know, it gets a little clouded sometimes. And Kenny mm-hmm. Lofton and yes, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Elvis Marva Skell. Yeah. 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 You know. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So there's a. Uh, yeah, uh, I've not done any of these statues at other ballparks, but a lot of times they like to have like the local guy do the sculpture, which I think is cool. Yeah, so yeah. Philly guy does a Philly statue. Yeah, it makes Cleveland sense. guy does Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Shop local. We're, I all, about, we're I know. all about that. Right? Yeah, I think that's a really good thing in many, many, many cases. I think this because there's, there's something about that local pride that we have, and it's neat to you know yeah. have that. I'm that, not going to name name, but you ever like. like Critical of you, you go to a ballpark and mm-hmm. you're like, you're either like, oh wow, that's really cool. I wish I could have mm-hmm. that, or you're kind of like, what? what? Oh no, there's some great, thinking? there's some great statues out there. You know, all kinds yeah. of really nice ones out there. So I'm impressed, and I'm always, you know, you know, I mean, there's some that I like less than others. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, ones I love and ones not so much. Can but, you tell you know. <laughs> ones like where your eye identify yeah. with something that's more handmade as opposed to like? Can you tell how they did it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, most most of the statues are all handmade. Okay. You know, I'd say pretty much all. I'd like, say, yeah, like with uh, well, with illustration mm-hmm. anyway, it's like ah, oh, you can tell when someone used a projector and traced. Oh it. yeah, traced. Oh yeah, that and kind of thing. Yeah. Like, sometimes you're like, man, it's just too perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like maybe they did use some sort of 3D scan or some sort of, you know, I don't know what what the equivalent would be. Sure. But uh, I mean, yeah, and I've like done, cheater. Is there is there a way yeah. to cheat in sculpture? Yeah, I mean, I want to call into that really cheating. Just different ways of doing yeah. things. Because, for example, even like back in ancient times, then there were people would take molds off of actual people, you know, and cast them. You know, so Donatello did that on some of his pieces where he took these casts, life casts off of actual people. But to me. I don't think that's cheating. It's just that it's a method because he still you have someone still has to design the piece, has to organize things. Yeah. And then Donatello is really good at that. I mean, the dude was the master. He was like Johann Sebastian Bach of sculpting. You know, he was like, dude, was freaking amazing. You know, in a way, doing some crazy. <laughs> but he would do things like, and I, I see no problem with the people if you want to do an entire sculpture, you digitally scan somebody, you know, and create something. As long as it's designed and it looks right, I don't. I think that's all good. It's not cheating. You know, at all. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they're just different ways. It's just, just you know, because like also like, 
you know, you know, where do you draw the line exactly too? You know, I also say, because even like say photography, people say, oh, you just click the button, you know, a little button, you know, you just focus and then click the button. Is that cheating? Yeah. Because you have a portrait of somebody, you didn't, you know, get out the, the paintbrush and, you know, I <laughs> just paint, you know, stuff. You no, know, in fact, photography. I just hating when it comes down to it. Yeah, because photography, <laughs> yeah, because photography is just an art form as painting or drawing. It's all, it is just much. And, 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 uh, yeah, that's, I think so. And, you know, you can tell people, photographers who know what they're doing and ones who don't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, know you know. What you about, know. uh, yeah. Your inspirations. You mentioned mm-hmm. Donatello, like mm-hmm. what, so, uh, Rodin. Yeah, Rodin. Oh, yeah, those uh, guys are all right. Duvenac. Yeah. <laughs> Duvenac right. was a local sculptor, local. right? Uh, he was a painter, local painter. Did you he know. do? Yeah, he might have done some sculpting. I thought he did some like sculpting he on that church in Covington yeah. for some reason, but I don't know. But I like, yeah, I like, yeah, I guess like this guy named Aristide Maillot is a French sculptor of the 20th century, uh, and he did a lot of these uh, figures that were kind of like very simple designs, you know, very neat. I mean, uh, he's always probably one of my faves. And then there's these uh, Japanese sc- statues at these uh, temples. They're kind of like these, like, bouncers. They're like these huge, kind of like what you have, like, bouncers that are like a club. They were like these, these guys defended, like, the Buddhist temples. They were kind of like these huge, like, dudes that, like, ripped and all that. Wow. And then they have these, like, really crazy whirling patterns of, like, well, they're like, they got this crazy, like, you know, whatever you want to call it, like, costumes or whatever you want to say. Pretty just badass shit. And then I love some of that. And it's kind of like Bernini's sculptures, too, because he's got all these crazy, like, whirling patterns and all that. So some of those, I got some inspiration, and I'm a big fan of that, you know. What about <laughs> the, like, there's yeah. something like the Terracotta Warriors. Oh, yeah, those are pretty wild, I mean, too. Yeah, those are some crazy. Insane. That is that's insane. Crazy, yeah. That is insane. And those is what they, the bodies are mass-produced, so, like, which makes sense. A lot of times, you know, the, all the heads are yeah. unique. They're all Those are all individually unique portraits every face but is the, unique yeah every one of those yeah but the the body parts you can see with the armor and you know that they were able to make like some kind of a big mold and they were able to, uh, to cast you know yes. you know and those are basically casting. slaves that did those no no they probably would have been most likely well we don't really know for sure but most like a lot of them were actual dedicated craftspeople doing all that stuff yeah we don't know if they were slaves they, they might have been they might have felt like slaves yeah, doing that <laughs> after working on you know, soldier number 538, you know, yeah. things start getting like, yeah, I don't know, you know, but they're like, just do it. You know, the emperor is like, just keep on going, guys. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that is nuts. And, and I was imagine like, one of the crazy things is, is like the amount of like, for, they must say totally took out an entire forest to fire all those, to get all those oh, fire. Yeah. I mean, you had a clear, I mean, I'm just talking like, acres and acres of forest just destruction to make fire and cast yeah they didn't have like gas uh, kills no I mean it's all like yeah it's all wood fired that was all powered and unless the Chinese which how long would take for like you know say one of your sculptures was wood fired how long would that take to Cure it or whatever. I mean, I, I mean, it's yeah. To to the actual firing. I mean, I yeah. I'm, since I'm not done anything, I'm making like a big scale. But it would. I, uh, it doesn't take necessarily long. I mean, take you know a few weeks, I guess, or you know, for the firing part. But the modeling would take, you know, obviously a lo- longer wow. time. But it still take a few yeah. weeks for it to. I don't, yeah, because you have to assemble the parts and all that. Because it'll have to be fired probably in suctions, you know, oh. and then you got to then like, you know, do any kind of touch ups and you got to. Painted and all this, and, you know. Yeah, they knew all that they technology do, yeah. way back then. Even. Yeah, because they, they were all painted colorfully. You know, they had all this like color on them. So you know, yeah, I mean, and I don't, and, and I guess those weren't glazed, so they would have been fired, and then someone painted because that. Yeah, so yeah, that's how those would have been done. It's crazy. Man. Yeah, these guys are nuts. 
It's pretty cool too. though. I'm trying to convince the Reds to do that. Like I want to do. I want to have <laughs> yeah, Reds Army. Like, yeah, 10, yeah, Reds Army. Yeah, because um, I don't think we have enough statues at the ballpark. Yeah. I How think we need more. <laughs> uh, nine. Nine. Well, so I've done. Okay, wait. Let's see, how many have I done? So there are eight at the ballpark, eight statues. Outside. Yeah, outside, plus the new pavilion. And then I did Chuck Harmon. That's at um, the Reds Urban Youth Academy. Okay. Yeah. But so I you still... didn't do the ones inside the Hall of Fame Museum? Like yeah, no. no the ones inside, no. Those, I didn't. They, 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 everything has been mainly, it's outside stuff. Okay. Uh, all, yeah. And then I just do, started doing their Reds Hall of Fame plaques, too. So it's just, so those are my first indoor stuff. For a long time, I was like the outdoor pet, like the cat, like that. They always keep me outside. <laughs> they were, I was never allowed inside. Uh, now yeah. they finally let me inside to do some stuff. <laughs> and then, but I just still feel, yeah, we need more statues, you know. So, so all you listeners, you can write to the to Rick Walls, the director of the Hall of Fame, Reds Hall of Fame. We need more stats. We as fans demand more statues. That's right. <laughs> so, what do you think about the trend in the South where they're taking all the Confederate generals and uh, ripping all those down? Do you see that as like, oh come on, it was important during the time, and yeah, it's- you're just trashing good art? Or do you like to see that kind of uh, revitalization, the rebirth, and attitudes and yeah it's, it's definitely there's a gray area to that because first of all a lot of those symbols when they were actually made which is decades after the civil war they were designed in some ways as a way to was, you can say well it's a propaganda to relive the confederate times you know and then yeah so there were so there's some darkness right there to begin with when they were made. There wasn't like it was during the Civil War they were made. You know, they were like decades after. And oh, people yeah. want to. So there's a little weirdness there. You know, I think. You know, and 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 at the same time, I'm I'm fascinated by all this because you see this in throughout history. Like, you know, they have a thing called the Domnatio Memoria in, in in the Romans. You know, that sort of damnation of like memory or the destruction of memory, usually where there's one group. You know, you know, uh, dethrones another group. The first thing they do is they destroy the statues, <laughs> you know, of the the previous group. And what we're seeing in some ways is that kind of a thing, you know, where a, a certain group becomes more powerful than another. This other group is then now their memory is to be is destroyed. So I, I see it from an objective thing. That's what's happening. And I, I'm I'm like a, I'm. I don't have any particular opinion about it because that's just what happens throughout history, you know. And it's just yeah. the, the stronger group will always have, you know, they will exert their their you know views their opinions and then it would they would, they would diminish and destroy the weaker ones and then you see this what yeah when, and obviously like when uh when when the spanish came and you know took over uh the mayans and you know the aztecs and all that they, they wiped out all of that you know they completely destroyed all of that as much of the, their statues and all that as, as possible and then replaced it with the churches you know you know and it's it's a similar kind of thing and then so but but from an art historical there's a some of the statues, those Confederate statues, are very high quality. You know, like the, the, the not from the. I'm not talking about the subject matter, but just from a design. You know, yeah. the, like the one that's in Charlottesville. There's the Robert E. Lee sculpture. That's a beautiful piece. You know, so you hate to get see it destroyed. You know, but I figure if you know, I, I personally think at the same time, just being someone who's fast in history, there is a there there are reasons for leaving the memorial. Because it tells you, hey, there was a different time, you know, when people thought in a different way. And it's, it's, and it's important to remind people that. And then I think that personally, I think a lot of the memorials should stay where we should put a, put a plaque next to them saying, hey, there's an era where, where humans treated other people very badly and we had these very barbaric thoughts. Yeah. And the idea of enslaving people. And, and I kind of think of this because you look at Rome, you have the Colosseum, right? And the Colosseum, that's like, uh, 
was you know was this it was this stadium where the Romans captured all these people from around the empire and all the people that they enslaved and conquered and they put them in there and fed them and f- made them fight each other fight each other for entertainment and to and, and fed them to animals and they fight each other. I mean really barbaric and brutal I mean just really psychotically sick in my opinion but yeah. but but instead of destroying the Colosseum and wiping it out, I, and what, what the Christians did afterwards, they put a cross in there, you know, and they're saying, hey, this is like this, you know, they're, they're kind of saying we forgive all the evils that the Romans did to the, like the Christians and all the humans and saying, let this be a memory of, you know, hey, you know, there's the people who had different thoughts and ideas and that's that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of see that, you know, because, you know, and then, and there's all the Roman temples and all that still existing and other pagan stuff and, and everything. And I think it's all good to, to keep all that, you know, yeah. and, you know, it just is because it's just to, yeah. So that's my opinion. I think it's, it's, it's better to resurface and let people learn and understand. I think a lot of the protests come from a lot of people being ignorant about history and it's better people learn more and just simply wiping these out doesn't, doesn't do anything in the grand. It's not rare. Yeah. Exactly. Now, what's the lesson? Yeah. Oh, we don't know because there's we nothing don't know. to talk about anymore. And, and in, in stuff like these kinds of uh, bad behavior can come back again in the future because people forgot about it. You know? But if it's there, if there's a statue of some dude like Robert E. Lee is around, well, then it's it, it reminds people, here, there's a time where these, these people, we, we, we don't agree with their views exist and they thought like this which is seems yeah. terrible now in fact yeah there's another case where they i think they had a statue of uh and it was at university i think they had one statue of some guy that might have been pro-slavery or whatever and then i think they put on another part of the campus someone who was who was all about abolishing and helped abolish slavery and i thought that was cool that's another way it's a way to talk about the show that like hey like this is how we do things now yeah. we have advanced you know we're mm-hmm. not we're not the backwards people that we once were, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I say <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I keep remembering, I mean, more than the actual statue itself. I remember when they tore down Saddam Hussein's uh, <laughs> yeah, statue. That, yeah, that's right. Day. It's like that. That's more ingrained in my head than yes, like, what yeah. the statue even looked like. Yeah, that's right. I remember that, that tank was um, yanking yep. that thing and you know, knocked yeah. it down. And again, it's because our, say, our civilization or our empire you know we've basically conquered the iraqis you could say and that's what that's what you see so when you know when any empire goes and takes over another country that's we take down their the symbols that's you know yeah. it's just it's human it's human nature yeah that's that's it's it's i find it all fascinating you know and, yeah uh, and one day you know our empire will collapse you know probably and and some other empire will take over ours and they'll 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 destroy our monuments you know probably yeah, and, you know, and the alien statues yeah, the aliens yeah that's right exactly you know you never know, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was that one really shitty uh, version of the uh, Planet of the Apes. Remember the 1990s one? It wasn't one where, and then it was Mark Wahlberg, wasn't it? And then he comes back to the States, and then he goes to the Lincoln Memorial. And then the, the head of, the, instead of Lincoln being in Lincoln Memorial, it's replaced by one of the apes. Like the, oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah. I thought that was pretty badass. That wasn't a good part of the movie. I thought it was kind of cool. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. He's back, and it looks like it's back in Washington, <laughs> D.C., you know. But then he goes, and there's a statue. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool, you know. And you know, that could totally happen, you know. Some, yeah. <laughs> totally. Just hang on his head. Yeah. You know. That's awesome. Well, man, I think we talked about a lot of cool stuff today, you guys. Yes. Yes. We talked about sculpture and, (laughs) well, that's about it. But Yeah. yeah, So at the end of every episode, we like to ask the guest to have, uh, give us a phrase or one word, something, it could be anything. 
And this one word can be used at CincyShirts.com as a promo code, and people can save 20% off their order. So <laughs> is there is there any word that's near and dear to your heart or something that we talked about today that uh, you'd like to be your, your see. promo code? That's my promo code. Let's yeah. see. I'm going to think about this here. That's interesting. So uh, <laughs> it's so interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. pressure. Yeah, there, there's a lot of pressure in this. I say I always just say like create, create, just create. Okay, yeah, just simple like because there you go. It's always good to be creative and just just create. Yes, all right. Keep creating. Keep creating. Yes. Cool. Yes. Well, Tom, thanks for hanging out with us today. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Tom Sushia. I'm still fascinated by sculpture. I just still don't know how he does it, and he explained it right there. Uh, find out more about Tom and his work at TomSushia.com. Sushia is actually spelled T-S-U-C-H-I-Y-A. And if you haven't already, please check out the Cincy Shirts podcast archives. Lots of great episodes back there. Yeah, you've got Matt Bischoff from Survivor, Gold Star CEO Roger David, Bill Donabedian, who founded and still books Bunbury, Greg Hamilton from WWE, John Keyswater talking about TV, Amy Yasbeck, actress from Blue Ash, talking about her TV and movie roles, Duke Sinatra from The Gary Burbank Show, we've got Cash Wright, Mike Mathis, Johnny Bench, Bronson Arroyo from The Sports World, as well as Mo Aker. Gosh, there's all kinds of great episodes. Go back and check them all out, please. And if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, drop us an email. We have a new address specifically for the podcast. It's podcast at cincyshirts.com. Put podcast guest in the subject line, as always, and then tell us who you'd like to have on the show. You can also support the show using that email address through Venmo or PayPal. If you want to kick in a couple of bucks to help the podcast keep going, well, that would be spectacular. It does take a lot of time to put this thing together, and so we need to make a little bit of money uh, from it. So again, use podcast.cincyshirts.com in Venmo or PayPal, and just, you know, kick in whatever you think is fair. We'll leave it up to you. Be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, too, including folks who may no longer live in the area, but still feel connected to the tri-state. Today's show is produced by me, with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia, and you can find their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage tees from great places like Philadelphia, Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, and many more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Got a lot of defunct teams there, old shopping centers, old radio stations, restaurants, you know, and the like, just like Cincy Shirts, but for those particular towns. And again, the promo code for this episode is CREATE, and you can use uppercase, lowercase, you can alternate if you like, it'll all work. Use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order. You can also use that code in our physical or brick-and-mortar stores in OTR, Hyde Park, and Loveland. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Again, tell your friends about the show. Give us a review wherever you get the show from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. Hey!